Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing? You surviving this uh, horrible wind attack that we are going through in the fire wildfires? Yeah, man, it's windy. There's there's some fire starting. It's uh, pretty scary stuff, but uh, I am safe and uh, ready to go. Nice, uh, Padre news. There's God. There's Padre news coming out of our ears right now uh, in the uh, seemingly quiet off season. Um, we are happy to have uh, Scott Miller with us today, uh, national MOB colonist for Bleacher Report. Uh, you guys see him on the post and pregames for the Padres. He is very knowledgeable on the Padres. And uh, what's going on, Scott? How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Uh, nice to be with you. Yeah, just uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, just hoping and praying for everybody to stay safe with all these ugly, ugly fires. I mean, it, pictures out of Los Angeles are just horrifically scary. And then, uh, of course, today up in North County, I know some fires have hit us in San Diego. So, yeah, hopefully everybody stays safe and these winds calm down here pretty soon. And, um other than that, hot stove season, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hot stove season. Um, well, let's just get right into it. The, the, you know, the show Otani rumors are, are just running rampant here in San Diego. Uh, a lot of Padre fans are very excited to be one of the seven teams uh, named by him as a finalist. Uh, give me your thoughts on show Otani and whether or not you think uh, the Padres will be able to secure the uh, young Japanese Babe Ruth. Yeah, and you know what? Thoughts start right there. You, as you mentioned, he's been referred to as, as the Japanese Babe Ruth because he pitches, he hits. I've talked to a number of scouts. I did a long, long feature for on Otani last uh, last March for uh, uh, Bleacher Report. And I've talked to a number of scouts for that story, a number of executives, and I've talked to more since that story ran. And I've yet to come across a skeptic that says this guy's overrated or he's not going to be this or that. Everybody I talked to, including a number of scouts that went to see him just toward the end of the Japanese season late summer, said, this guy's legit. You know, his fastball, he can throw it up to crank it up to about 102. Uh, you know, he's got power. Um, you know, he's he's tall. He's rangy. He's 6'4 or so. And it's very interesting. I mean, this guy has a, you know, looks like he's going to be a, a, a trailblazer because, you know, pretty much all the teams that are talking to him appear to be very willing to sign him both as a starting pitcher and as a, you know, outfielder or designated hitter for some American League clubs. So, um, you know, he, he's uh, also interesting because he doesn't seem to be coming. You know, he could have made a lot more money had he come over when he was 25 years old two years from now. Um, but he didn't. So, you know, he comes over under international rules. Um, he's only 23, so he's got a huge upside based on his age. 
And also, he's subject to the international uh, draft, or not draft, but free agent amateur rules where, you know, he, he's he's limited in how much money he can make. And I know, you know, the Padres have only about $300,000 in international slot money they could pay him. And literally, right before you guys called me, I mean, you talk about the seven teams that are still involved, um, the Seattle Mariners have just acquired D. Gordon from the Miami Marlins. And along with Gordon, they've acquired some, another million dollars in slot money. And, and so it's two things. One, they wanted D. Gordon. The Mariners trying to get athletic, more athletic. Secondly, uh, they're tr- under Jerry DePoto, they're trying to collect as much international slot money as they can for obvious reasons, to try to give Otani as much as they can. Uh, I'm curious how you see both those trades playing out. I mean, the Mariners acquired money in two different trades. The Angels also acquired money. Um, do you see that money being, I guess, something of worth to Otani? Do you see that kind of leading his decision here? Or do you think that's more of a desperation play for those teams trying to get more money? You know, it's, it's a real good question, uh, Patrick. I think it, it it seems, and there are a lot of tea leaf, there's a lot of tea leaf reading right now because mm-hmm. – Otani is not saying anything, and his agency is not saying anything. And I've been in touch with people at his agency, and you know they've said pretty much what I'm sure you guys have read that you know they want to keep things quiet. Otani wants it all on the down low; he doesn't want things to leak. So everybody seems to be respecting that. So as a result, you know, again, the tea leaf reading—we're trying to read indications, indicators, read between the lines. Um, clearly, money is not Otani's first priority here because as I say otherwise if this was just a cash grab for him he would wait play in Japan two more years and then when he's 25 I've you know then he could have declared you know posted come over here as a free agent and you know commanded like Ichiro Suzuki type money or you know more even 200 million dollars the fact that he's not doing that and he said in fact the story that that I wrote on him last spring you know I talked with him and he told me back then he said you know this isn't about money it's about when I want to play in the majors and he indicated then that he'd probably come out now and he stayed true to his word so I lean toward the Mariners and the Angels the 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 trades they've made to get them some more international slot money I, I lean toward saying that's more of a desperation move for those two clubs because I really don't think another million dollars here or there is what's going to sway Otani. Now, there's also a lot of rumors that he has already decided and knows where he wants to play even before this process began. It's That seems a little bit disingenuous because why would you invite seven teams to meet with you for a couple hours if you had already made your decision? Seems like you would just make some enemies in that case. Okay, yeah. You didn't go to. So, you know, it's it's uh, this has got all the earmarks of, a you know, some great detective movie on television or at, or at the theater, you know, where we're all everybody's trying to piece together the clues. Yeah. 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 This is this is definitely a great drama that we're all trying to figure out. And uh, I, I don't know. You know, let's 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 change gears a little bit and talk about the Padres. Um, OK, so if, if the Padres are able to secure his services, do you believe all these Eric Hosmer rumors are true and you know, do you think that he's a good fit for this team uh, with the amount of money that they would have to commit to him? Uh, I'm just curious on your thoughts on, on Eric yeah. Cosmer as a player. You know, um, I think Cosmer's a winner. Uh, I like his skills. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a team leader. I don't know 
He's 28 years old, so he's still on the young side, relatively speaking, for free agency. Uh, in other words, you know, you like guys that are mid to late 20s because if you're going to have to sign them for long-term deals, you know, theoretically, you're going to get still get several of their prime years as opposed to a guy that's 32 uh, that's probably going to be on the decline. So, I mean, I, there are reasons. I think Hosmer's got some good years left. I don't know in San Diego's current situation where the Padres, you know, to their own admission, still seem to be a couple years away from winning. I don't know if it would be wise to commit, you know, say $150 million or whatever it's going to take um, to one guy. Um, you know, I, I, I can see the attraction because, as I just mentioned, I think he's got several prime years ahead of him still. And the other attraction, I think, from the Padres' perspective guys, is Hosmer was a key leader of the core group of Royals that played in two consecutive World Series and won one. And what's important to note there is when the Royals finally broke through and got to the World Series, they had a 30-year drought. I mean, they hadn't won in almost 30 years. And and what happened is they drafted a number of guys, and it, Hosmer, Mike Moustakas, you know, they've traded for Lorenzo Cain, Alicides Escobar. A lot of these guys came up together through the minors as a core group. So they, they even though the Royals hadn't won in 30 years at the major league level, that core group won at the single A level, at the double A level, at the triple A level. Then they rewrote Kansas City's major thing from the power is Hosmer was part of that core group that that won. And and I think from that perspective, his experience could be valuable to the current young Padres. Yeah, I think it's definitely true that having a guy like that could, could totally be beneficial. Um, the money's obviously the big concern here. Um, so yes. we've talked about Otani, we talked about Hosmer. Those are kind of the two big names mentioned. Um have you heard any rumblings of any other players the Padres are interested in free agency? Um, I've heard some rumors about Freddie Galvis being of interest in a trade, but any other guys you've you've heard or you wanted to mention? Yeah, I haven't. Um, you know, it's interesting how slow this winter's been, by the way, and everybody's yeah. like that. And, you know, it makes sense. Otani and Giancarlo Stanton, a lot of teams are, are on hold until those two gentlemen make their decisions. Um, there's not been much action at all. I, I expect things to change here rapidly, especially once Stanton and Otani, those situations shake out. Um, not a lot with the Padres beyond Hosmer. I, obviously, I think Otani's taking up a lot of their time. Um, yeah, I have heard the Galvis rumor, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, he, he can play shortstop, and it's no secret that, you know, the Padres have been on a search to fill that shortstop spot, you know, seemingly for about 40 years, you know. <laughs> I mean... You know, I don't know what's, uh, you know, what what what's gone on longer. The you know the, the 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 before the Chargers left, the years and years of the Chargers trying to get a new stadium or the Padres trying to get a new shortstop. And um, yeah, they're, they're yeah, I think you know, no, they've got a couple guys in the minor leagues, be it Fernando Tatis Jr. or Luis Urias. Eventually, you know, they've got some young kids coming. So you know, I don't. They're not looking to trade for a long-term shortstop, but it's almost like when they signed Eric Ibar, they still need a guy 
that you know, a stopgap shortstop that's going to get them yeah. through the year or two. Yeah, they they definitely need that, and it it has been a long process in, <laughs> in trying to trying to find one. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Zach Cosart. I know he's available. There's been some talks. Um, he's going to be a little expensive coming off a career year in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts on Cosart and whether or not he's going to be able to maintain uh, the season that he had last year moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. I think he could duplicate it. Last year, of course, was an All Star season for him. Um, you know, he's always been known as a guy that that can catch the ball quite a bit. Uh, offense, you know, his bat has always been the slow part of his game, but he put that all together last year. I, I like to think instead of a one-year flash in the pan, you know, knowing him, hard worker, solid guy, uh, smart guy, I think all those things suggest that maybe he's finally figured it out a little bit. And I don't mean figured it out to, you know, where he's going to all of a sudden be some Hall of Fame level type of player. But by figuring it out, I mean, you know, I don't know why, if he has put some things together, why he can't have another year like he did last year, an, an, another all-star caliber year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's never going to win a batting title or win a home run, you know, a home, home run title. But, um, you know, he did have some little bit of pop last year and, and, and you know, has got on base more and, and hit the ball better. He, he, bottom line, short answer, he developed into more of a threat at the plate last year and I think he can I think he can replicate that um, you know in terms of if you're looking for guys that that have a good mix of, of of talent and skill level on the field as well as guys who can maybe check the chemistry gap in the clubhouse guys who would be good for the clubhouse you know lead, could develop into a leader those experienced players who are great examples for the young guys coming up, like the Tatises. Uh, you could do a lot worse than Zach Cozart. I, I think, you know, again, I, I wouldn't sink a ton of money into him, just like given the Padres' current situation. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's wise. I, I don't like the idea of giving Hosmer $150 million or more. And, you know, yeah. as with Cozart, I, I don't know. I think you've got to draw a line somewhere. But, you know, if stranger things happen and, and the price dropped a little bit, you know, Cozart, you know, he, he'd be an interesting ad. So uh, not totally Padres related, but I kind of wanted your thoughts on the whole uh, Giancarlo Stanton situation and kind of how you see that shaking out. And if you see that coming to a resolution um, prior to, I guess, next week's winter meetings. Yeah, if not before, then at least early in the week, I would think. I, I don't see how it can string out much longer. I mean, you know, the San Francisco Giants, uh, Bobby Evans, their general manager, has said publicly he has a trade in place. It's They are interested. They've agreed to the parameters with the Marlins now. It's just whether Stanton approves the deal or not. Um, St. Louis Cardinals uh, are said to have a deal in place. Um you know, I don't see how Stanton can string teams along very much longer because the Marlins and the Giants and the Cardinals all are going to uh, want answers. So, you know, I think Stanton, he wants to win. That's his bottom line. He's tired of, he's tired of, of, of being on a team that's just rebuilding. And from that perspective, um, you know, Giants are interesting. St. Louis is interesting. No guarantees either is going to win, but that's, that's where Stanton's at. I talked to a person very close with him not long ago, and yeah, basically, you know, he wants to win. And a lot of people think, oh, he wants to just come west to Los Angeles, where he's from, 
Do- I don't think the Dodgers. Any reports of the Dodgers and Stanton? I think that's overblown. Um, they don't. They're not going to add a deal that's ten more years and all that money. You know, two hundred ninety-seven million. But I think San Francisco or St. Louis might end up being his only two choices. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. The Dodgers would have pulled the trigger on Verlander last year if, if they were willing to spend that kind of money. Yeah, um, but, Scott, yeah. are, are you out of time with us? I don't want to hold you up. I know you had a prior commitment. Yeah, I do have. In fact, the phone was just the other line was just ringing a minute ago. But uh, yeah, I was I was thinking that um, you know we want to we want to share your services and and your knowledge with everyone else. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Scott. I, I you know it was a little brief of a brief show. Um, we'd love to have you back on maybe after the uh, winter meetings once uh, we have some relevant uh, new Padre news yeah. to talk about. My pleasure. I, I'd be happy to, guys. All right, thank you, Scott. Have a great day and uh, appreciate your time once again. You too. Thank you. Uh, well, there you go, uh, folks. Uh, Scott Miller is a man uh, in demand right now. There's a lot of uh, Major League Baseball rumors, a lot of hot stove stuff uh, kicking off in this time of the year, and uh, he, we only had about 20 minutes with him, unfortunately. Um, but I believe we got some pretty good content. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, a lot of uh, good information there. Uh, I guess we're just going to wait and see how Otani plays out, how Stanton plays out, um, maybe get some more Hosmer news if that's really going to happen or not i think i think things start to come into clear focus over the weekend and uh we start the winter meetings on monday so i think stuff's going to start happening here yeah yeah god those winter meetings are good it's what do you think aj preller's focus is right now going into the winter meetings do you think it's just based upon what otani's decision is and then do you think that they have uh you know a plan a a plan b in place maybe even a plan c for that matter uh, whether or not he signs, and then you know they're going to change gears and, and spend some money. They're going to change gears and and look to re- continue rebuilding for two, 2018. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's always three or four plans for AJ Preller. He just seems like the kind of guy that's always yeah. thinking and always strategizing. I mean, he doesn't sleep. He's always working. So um, I, I would be surprised if there's a plan. If they sign Otani, there's a plan. If they don't sign Otani, there's another plan. If things go a different way, I think there's a variety of ways uh, they could go and. I would expect them to be very busy uh, this off season, especially next week of the winter meetings. I think I think there's going to be a lot of uh, moving and shaking and wheeling and dealing. So uh, we sure. we definitely need to stay on our feet. <laughs> For sure. Uh, okay, so you know the National League West is a team, is a division that's on the rise right now. <clears throat> uh, the Diamondbacks and Rockies were a, a huge surprise last year. Uh, both became very competitive. Uh, the Dodgers are, are always going to be competitive at this point. Uh, the Giants had a down year. They have a mostly veteran squad. And then you hear the talk of Giancarlo Stanton possibly coming to San Francisco. Uh, do you think A.J. Preller and the baseball operations staff are concerned about the fact that the National League West is a powerhouse right now? And do you think that that would kind of sway them to spend money and be a little more competitive? Or do you think that their goals and their focus is, is regardless of, of what happens around them? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's really relevant because you can't control what division you're in, and there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to change that. Um, mm-hmm. You can't make those other teams worse. Um, you can't change the state of their organization. I mean, it just so happens that pretty much five out of five teams could all be competitive at the same time, although I think the Giants are perhaps on a downswing. They have a lot of older players. Um, some guy's going to be free agents. So I think they could start to kind of turn down a little bit. Um, Dimebacks have good as they've been. They have some contract problems as well. Um, I think the Rockies and Dodgers are the two teams you really have to be concerned of going forward for the next five years. I mean, Rockies have a 
very young team, young farm system. Dodgers the same way. So I think those are the two teams uh, the Padres are going to have to compete with. And, yeah, it, it might be a lot of wild cards, but, I mean, stranger things have happened where wild card teams have gotten to the World Series and won. I mean, it's happened plenty of times. So it's all about who gets hot at the right time. So I wouldn't be too worried about the fact that the Dodgers are in the division. I mean, definitely scary to have them. You're looking up at them. But at the end of the day, I think that um, – it is. It's what it is, and you gotta you gotta deal with what, the hand you're dealt. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, the the hot stove has been really quiet, and you see the Padres team, and you recognize the depth that they have at, at certain positions, and you realize that you know a Brad Hand, a, a Salarte, even a Spangenberg or, or an Aswahi could possibly be dealt. Um, you know, I would think once these Otani and the Stanton situation resolve themselves that the Padres will be a little more active on the trade front. Um, do you have a particular team or a particular need that they are going to be focusing on at this point? Or do you think um, that they're just kind of collect uh, prospects, if you will? I'd be pretty surprised if they don't trade one of Slarte or Spangenberg. I think it's just they're kind of redundant at this point. Um, they're definitely mm-hmm. different kind of players, but you only have so many guys to play. And I think they really liked what they saw in Carlos Oswahi last year, and he's a guy that they want to get playing time to. And then once you have Arias up, which I think that happens – sooner rather than later at some point next year um you're definitely gonna have a log jam even more so than you already do so i would not be surprised to see one of those two dealt i've mentioned the angels in the past they're a team looking for either third base or second base help and both spangenberg and slarte could could play both positions so that's one team i'd Mm -hmm. look at um there's a couple other teams around the league that could stand to upgrade at those positions um so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys moves i think that's I wouldn't say a priority this offseason, but I think it's definitely a consideration and something that's going to be discussed um, during yeah. winter meetings and going forward. For sure. I mean, well, glancing over the Padre 40-man roster, there, there's some names on there that probably won't be there come February and March. I mean, I, Ryan Schimp is still on the on the 40-man roster, which is mind-boggling at this point. I mean, we're Who? talking about the depth at second and third, and he's not even in... Yeah, exactly. So at this point, I'm... I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't asked for his release from the team or that the team hasn't released him in order for him to find a new, a new job because he, he's not going to earn playing time on the Padres at, at 29 and being a senior member he'll be 30 once the season starts next season you know compared to a Salarte Spangenberg and a Suahe even Urias that's probably started the season in AAA uh, there's Villanueva at third that's also an option I've seen Alan Cordova playing third in uh, in uh, the Dominican or the uh, Mexican Winter League. Why is Shrimp, why is Shrimp still on this roster? You know, is that just a matter of uh, an oversight, or uh, until they find someone worth claiming? Um, when they DFA'd uh, Lloyd earlier this year, I was surprised that it wasn't Shrimp that was the one that was uh, designated for assignment. Uh, your thoughts on the Shrimp man? Yeah, there's really quite a few guys on the 40 man roster who it's like, yeah, not Rocky really too Gale, exciting. I mean, yeah, I mean Rocky Gale's Walter guy, Lock- uh, Walker Lockett, um, Ryan Shimp, as you mentioned. I think Christian Villanueva is a guy who probably ends up playing in the big leagues next year or elsewhere. Um, Jose Ron- Rondon is still there. Jabari Blash for some reason is still hanging around. Yes. I do not know why. I think Travis Jankowski is a guy who could be dealt. They just have too many outfielders at this point. I mean, you got Renfro, Perella, Margot, Jankowski, Dickerson, Cordero, Caesar. Yeah, um, yeah. Blast. We didn't even get into the outfield depth. You yeah. have eight guys on the 40-man roster in the outfield, and arguably two or three of them 
I don't really see them having a future with the team. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. There's a lot of moving and shaking that can be done in the 40-man. Uh, I think currently the 40-man is – I think it's full or at 39. I'd have to count, but I think it, I think it's about there. So if they're going to make some moves, um, add some players, they're going to need to trade guys off the roster or uh, release some players. So I think that you definitely could see some moves there um, in that regard. Yeah, I, I, I just counted. I have it at 40. I don't know if the – uh, Colton Brewer edition made it to 40, but they are yeah, I think at 40. He, I think he was 40 because uh, they had to DFA Lloyd for that, and obviously Lloyd yeah. cleared, and he's was uh, designated for assignment, basically. So he, was, he was sent back down to, uh, I think he'll probably start at AAA. Um, well, so, yeah, okay, he's, so, he's off the 40-man. But, yeah, I think they're, so there's we, 40 now. So we see all this depth on the 40-man roster or potential players that can be DFA'd. Uh, Rule 5 draft is coming again. Do you believe the Padres are going to pull off another three-man Rule 5 draft? Or Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, I, I have to go with my – yeah, exactly. The, he's going to restock the system a little bit and, and, I mean, and, and pick some players. there's one or two guys, but I don't think it's going to be – I don't think they're realistically going to keep three guys all year again like they did last year. I mean – yeah, maybe maybe one guy they could keep through the year, possibly two, but I, I don't I don't even see two. I think one's probably the more likely scenario. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think well, there's definitely gonna be moves made because right now you only have three catchers on the forty man roster. Um, Luis Torrens yeah. is one; he's not gonna be in the big leagues. Rocky Gales the other. I mean, it, if, unless you're really gonna roll with Rocky Gales as your backup, I think that's something that's gonna be changed. Um, mm-hmm. You have a guy like Javier Guerra on the forty man; he still hasn't yet to prove that he can be a major league player. Um, he's now yeah, Rondon still there. Already too. Rondon's on the yeah, Rondon's a guy I think who gets some big league playing time simply because he's already uh, 23. He's already played in Triple A. Um, he's really got to show it, otherwise he's not going to be around for the next team. Um, some interesting yeah. bullpen guys. You got Brad Wick is on that 40 man roster. I think he's a guy who could see a call up. Um, Jose Ruiz got a little taste last year. Maybe he could find his way back. Um, Jose Castillo. A guy of interest to me. Um, you got Robbie Erling and Colin Ray, who both were activated off of the DL, put on the 40-man roster. But either one or both those guys are going to be competing for rotation spots. Um, if all the health signs are there, everything's good to go. So, yeah, there's a lot of question marks here up and down the roster and a lot of figuring to do, uh, especially yeah. as we hit spring training. Uh, but, yeah, before for sure. that, winter meetings are going to have to make some moves and clear out some roster space if they're going to make any additions. Yeah, we, I mean, we didn't even discuss Robbie Erland and Colin Ray, who are both returning from Tommy John surgery, who are both on the 40-man as well. So, you know, they could have a setback, obviously, and, and be removed from the 40-man. There's there's a lot of possibilities uh, when it comes to the team. The Padres definitely have uh, depth, and they definitely have uh, flexibility when it comes to moving around the roster. So we'll just have to see what A.J. Preller has up his sleeve. Um, once again, though, I'd like once these two major transactions are finalized you would have to think that other teams are going to start start picking up the pace and uh, looking to improve towards 2018 I mean at this point yeah sorry we already saw we already saw some moves today I mean we saw Tyler Chatwood sign with the Cubs so I think once uh, Stanton gets traded and Otani gets signed I think after that things are going to start moving a little quicker and we're going to start seeing uh, some players move, some free agents signed, and kind of things are going to come into focus here, especially with the winter meetings. I mean, the winter meetings are always busy, but I think this year is going to be uh, some added busyness given how slow things have been. Yeah, no, it's it's a 
it's going to be exciting. I guess uh, Sunday night they kick off. Monday morning will be the first official day. So you know, stay tuned, folks. Uh, the Padres will be active in some regard. They they just they have to be. Um, whether it's pulling off a trade or two or, or bringing in a, a free agent here and there, um, the team will be active. So uh, we just hope that it's additions to the show Otani uh, that were the, you know just ah, God. I just I, I'm I'm at a loss for words when it comes to to discussing him. Um, man, it, it would just be really special for him to come to San Diego. Um, you know, I wrote a piece today that. Uh, that it would be good for Major League Baseball, and I've heard a lot of people indicate that fact, and I think it would be something like his addition would uh, would help pull this this franchise out of the the doldrums that it's been in for forever. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of a this is a once in a generation player, and I think it's definitely a move that can pull a, a pull a organization um, back from the brink, so to speak. Because um, obviously, it hasn't been great yeah. here in San Diego, and I think he's the kind of guy that can change our fortunes, uh, hopefully for the better. For sure. I mean, you add someone like that to your team, you're going to gain a fan base. You're going to gain fans from people who have never even been to a Padre game, people who have never even seen San Diego. Uh, And not just Japanese national people, but people that are just a fan of him and a fan of the way he's playing the game and and what he's trying to accomplish. So, you know, the marketing aspect of Shoatani is is huge. And we went through this last night. No matter where he plays, he's going to be able to market himself and and gain money from endorsements. So it's just a a waiting game at this point. Uh, I think San Diego put a a good foot forward. And the Padres, uh, you know, they, they showed what they have. And hopefully he's able to make a decision and, and come to San Diego. We just got to be patient. As hard as that yeah, is. Yeah, patient, <laughs> patience is not a virtue of, of a Padre fan. That is for sure. <laughs> True that. Okay, folks. Uh, I think we're about done. A uh, little bit of a short podcast uh, today. Uh, anything else that we need to go over before we're out of here, Patrick? I think uh, we pretty much hit up. I, I think we, sh- we should congratulate ourselves for not getting into too much prospect talks today which is usually uh <laughs> that's usually what all what our podcasts are, are generally about right i mean there's so much else to to go on that uh it, it's easy to talk about other things although we should talk about gabriel arias for a minute because he uh he's doing pretty well um yeah. to say the least um no he's, he's gaining some attention uh in the uh arizona base arizona baseball league the australian <laughs> baseball league i can't yeah. even function um, yes, he's, he's playing in the Australian Baseball League. Uh, he's doing well. Hit his first home run. I think he has two home runs. He hit two home runs uh, last night's game, although I guess it's technically today in Australia, but you get yeah, the idea. Yeah. Yeah, so he uh, he's looking pretty good, and I think he's a guy that could be really special. Um, he's I think he's a superstar caliber, caliber player if it all comes together. Uh, he's still, I think, 17, 18 at this point. So. Yeah, he's still 17, which yeah, is got, got a long ways to go, amazing. But the fact that he's playing uh, in a professional league right now, and I'm sure it, yeah. it, the ABL league is probably a lower-level league. I mean, it's some compared to like the low the low A level. But, I mean, at 17 years old, you can't really complain with a guy yeah. playing that well. So um, I will Exactly. 17 years old, halfway around the world, playing you know in a, in a country that he's never even seen before. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, we both saw him in person at the Futures Games, and were impressed with the physical stature of this man. I mean, he, for seventeen, he's built already. His lower half, in particular, is built well. I mean, he has thick legs, thick butt, 
solid <laughs> midsection. I mean, he he's going to be able to drive the ball. He's going to be able to be a, a, a presence with the bat. And we have already know what kind of glove he has. I mean, two years ago at the Futures game, uh, Chris Kemp and I sat down, and, and all he wanted to talk about, about was Gabriel Harris, a 16-year-old. You know, I'm asking about Luis Almazar, Jordi Barley, Jason Rosario, Tirso Ornelas, and, and all he wanted to talk about was Gabriel Harris and how impressed he was with this young man. When the Padres signed him, his tryout was in a in a parking lot. Uh, Chris was telling me, and the the dude was just gobbling up baseballs like nothing and playing in a in a horribly horrible uh, field. I mean, the defensive presence on this young man is amazing. I mean, I've, I've watched a number of these Australian baseball games, and, and all these Australian commentators just keep just going on and on about the gifts that this young man has and, and how excited they are to see him. So, you know, the Australian baseball league isn't, isn't going to set the world on fire, but for him to be hitting uh, 289 right now in his first 42 at-bats with a couple home runs, 10 RBIs, uh, yes, he's striking out a lot, but again, 17 years old, playing professional baseball halfway across the world, he is definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, and then you got Buddy Reed also. Shout out to Buddy Reed. He's been playing well as well. Um, yeah. Always yeah. questions about his bat, but he's hitting very well, showing the speed, showing the defense. So uh, both guys doing well. It's good to see those guys succeeding at yeah, that level. Yeah, for sure. In, if anybody wants to check out those games, they are on a YouTube channel. You can check them out on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, they are the majority of the games are in the middle of the night, like midnight to like three a.m. And yeah, they have, they have easy replays to watch if you're around in the morning it, or exactly afternoon. But yeah, the, I sometimes I, catch the games the, the the next day in the morning if I'm if I'm up early enough. Yeah, no, it's 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 nice to be able to see these uh, young prospects playing in in games and in, in leagues that are across the world basically so there's a lot of excitement a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Padres uh, players that are participating in, in winter leagues this uh, this season uh, Jabari Blash just started playing he's already got a couple home runs for his Mexican league uh, Alan Cordoba has been playing recently uh, interestingly enough I mentioned it earlier he's been playing third he's been playing left field I have not seen him at shortstop so I'm wondering if the experiment with him at short is over <laughs> Um, your thoughts on Cordoba? Uh, at one point last season, he looked really good. Uh, he fell off, obviously, towards the end of the year. But what do you? Let's let's talk about Cordoba for a little bit before we get out of here. What, what are your What are your thoughts on him moving forward? Obviously, he'll probably start in AAA uh, or maybe even AA for that matter. Who knows? Uh, give me your thoughts on on the young uh, position player. Yeah, I'm still intrigued by him. I don't know if he's a shortstop long term, but I, I think it's a little too early to give up on that. Um, mm -hmm. I think they definitely want that positional versatility. They see him as kind of that versatile sort of guy that can play multiple. I mean, he already played outfield. He's played third, second, like you said. Um, I think, yeah, I think they're they're kind of stressing that versatility, so that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really have much to go on since he's still so young, and he's really going to have to do a lot of developing in the minor leagues because it's clear he was overmatched at a big league level, which was to be expected given that he had never played above rookie ball prior to that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I think he probably starts – maybe in a, an A-level, either Fort Wayne or Elsinore, I think would probably be a good fit for him. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure where he plays most of his time. I still think he should play shortstop most of the time to see if he can see if he can cut it there. If he can't cut it, then yeah, third or second fit, and then outfield can be a sort of fallback as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I see that playing out this year. 
Nice. There, there's uh, definitely a lot of to talk about within the Padres system of the Padres prospects for sure. Um, I was lucky enough to interview a prospect earlier this week that the Padres hooked me up with. Uh, someone that I asked about specifically. Uh, someone that a lot of Padres fans aren't even aware of. His name is Alan Garcia. He is a left-handed, uh, well, he was drafted as a left-handed outfielder in 2015 uh, out of an Arizona high school. And last season, the Padres turned him into a pitcher. Uh, at 20 years old, he's going to be coming this season, this spring, and he's going to try uh, to work on his pitching and, and uh, progress through the system as a pitcher. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk to that young man. Uh, had a wonderful story with him, a wonderful talk with him. Uh, look for a piece on him in the next couple of days. Uh, he's an interesting young man. He's gone through a lot of diversity, a lot of uh, adversity. He's... he's uh, He's battled through it, and uh, I, I, I like what I hear from this young man. You heard it here first, uh, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, did were you even aware of uh, Alan Garcia? Patrick? No, I have I, not. I, I have not heard of him. No. So yeah, we. I had, I had saw him briefly last season uh, in Lake Elsinore, and he was still an outfielder at the time. Uh, he's a, a big guy, uh, physical guy. He's muscular, uh, left-handed bat. Uh, you know, I really thought that he had a decent uh, future as an outfielder, and I was a little surprised that they they turned him into a pitcher. So, um, look for that story uh, and hear about it in, in the next coming days here at EBT. Um, I guess that's that's it for my my hyping of a story I like to do every every once in a while. Hyping it up. All right. Well, uh, you can find hyping us on Podbean. Uh, we're on Twitter, EBT underscore news, EBT underscore J Clark, Patrick Brewer ninety three. Um, give us a follow. Let us know what you think of the podcast. If there's anything we can work on, um, always open for suggestions. Yeah, just don't mention my microphone. I know it's horrible. I the <laughs> poker the poker chip noise is me. I take full responsibility for it. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> uh, Patrick is always on me to get a microphone. We are in the process of doing that. I'll have to have, bear uh, with us. I'll have to have Leisure Fryer start sending you tweets because. Uh... Oh great! <laughs> he's always I'm sure top, he'll love the, sh- he'll love the shout me. out. Yeah, he'll love the shout out that we just gave him as well. So oh, he'll love it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I definitely need a microphone. I'm well aware of that, folks. Please don't send send me <laughs> send me uh, messages comments. Yeah, no no more messages saying what the hell is that noise because I we all know what that noise is. It's me. I do my best um, to edit it out, but it doesn't always work. So <laughs> yeah, well. We're, we're a work in progress, folks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This was our 75th episode, kind of monumental, I guess. Uh, nah, 75 it's... is in the books. That's, uh, that's impressive, I guess, in, in some respect. I think we've uh, we've gained a little bit of knowledge, and, and we've done a little better in our in our recent podcasts. Uh, it took us uh, 60 or so to get, get uh, to be legit, right, Patrick? Yeah, we just now got legit. <laughs> yeah, we just now did. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us. Uh, I'm rambling on. I don't know what to, else to say. Uh, it's the show Otani Hangover that's affecting us all. I, I just I'm refreshing Twitter as we speak, just hoping and waiting and praying that the Japanese Babe Ruth will be wearing a brown Padre jersey soon. <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> yeah, we can hope. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Patrick, did you go through our? Our yes. ending? I, I'm okay. You did. My bad. I'm. I've, I've I can tell you, it's the, it's the show. It's the show, Hotania. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I don't know. I'm. I'm. 
I'm brain dead at this point. I just I want the, this man to sign already with this. Yeah, seriously. All right, folks, I'm done. I'm done rambling. On. I'm done rambling. <laughs> Thank you, folks, for joining us on our 75th episode of East Village Times podcast. Uh, we are signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.